Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Hey guys. Okay, we're going to kick things off now. Uh, We're going to have Emma that's going to read the, the passage today. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to them, to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Awesome. Thanks, Amelia. Um, Guys, we're going to have a a short talk now on, uh, on Gethsemane. And on this this prayer that's that's so so popular, we'll all have heard about it, but we probably maybe don't don't know all the all the details and behind the assembly that makes it so significant. So in the next ten minutes, maybe fifteen, we'll we'll look at these these ten verses. So as the Passover festival was approaching, that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem on Sunday, and for the course of the week he taught and he debated in the temple courts. Um, while spending the evenings in the town of Bethany, which is just on the other side of the Mount of Olives. And so the Mount of Olives is, is a small hill on the outskirts of Jerusalem. So all week, the religious leaders have been trying to find a way to arrest Jesus and to trap him with all manner of questions. But yet time and time again, Jesus shows that his authority came from God and not himself. So then on, on the Wednesday evening in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came and, and wasted a jar of perfume on Jesus, anointing him, pouring the perfume over him. Judas was absolutely raging. He was round and he left to go to the religious leaders to betray Jesus. So that was it. They had their moment. So the next evening after the Passover meal, Thursday evening, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his, his inner circle, his closest friends, to Gethsemane. Uh, a garden on the, on the side of the Mount of Olives. So Gethsemane, the, the word, the name Gethsemane derives from the Hebrew. And it, now, I'm not all that great in Hebrew, and maybe in one word or two now, but derives from the Hebrew word Gat Shemanim, which means oil press. So it suggests that the garden was a grove of olive trees, which is which, in which was located an oil press. So if you go to the Garden of Gethsemane, you'll see that it's not actually a garden at all, or not at least in the sense where there's flowers and there's plants and there's pots, but actually it's an olive grove. It's full of olive trees. 
So I've I've got a picture of the of the press. Um, I uh, I had a friend take this picture whenever we were in, in Israel, and so and on all of goes through three different pressings um, before it's just the resi residue of oil that's left. Now you, if if you look, you can see the three different um, three different places where the oil goes into, and so and on all of press, absolutely nothing is wasted. So with each press, the olive juice comes out redder and redder. And if you're proficient in mechanics and mathematics, you'll see that the picture, uh, starting from right to the left, each press gets closer to the pivot, which will mean that there's, it'll exert more pressure on the fruit, yielding more juice than the last. So that's maybe as far as my maths goes. You may be sitting thinking, Matthew, why are you trying to bring me back to secondary school maths? There's a purpose in this. So the first idea is pressing. First idea is pressing. It's a, it's a beautiful yet painful picture. So Jesus at Gethsemane was pressed. This was a time, this was Jesus' time of pressing as he prayed on three occasions to the Father only to come back and find his disciples, his friends sleeping each time. He could identify with the olive fruit. He could identify with it. Each pressing was more intense than the last. Each pressing was more overwhelming and more anxiety-laden than the last. Each pressing was so much more overwhelming, so much more anxiety-laden than the last. Each pressing yielding a deeper dependence upon the Father as his friends slept. So if there was ever a moment that, that Jesus was fully in touch with his human flesh, it was, it was in the hours before his death. It was now. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane. So without a doubt, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. The image of the Garden of Gethsemane on the night before his crucifixion provides a, a vivid picture of Jesus' suffering. The weight of the sins of the world pressed down upon him like a heavy slab of rock pressed down on olives in their baskets. I can imagine Jesus uh, reaching out to me and saying, Math, I'm about to go through the most horrific moment that I've ever known. Will you spend some time with me? Oh, what, what, a, what a holy invitation. What an incredible invitation. But the disciples didn't discern this. I can only imagine the, the guilt that they, they would have felt later on. So many years later, Paul in his letter to the church in Corinth says these incredible words. And you see it on the slide. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 10. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Church, we might be pressed, but we are not crushed. Our, crush, our crushing was taken, it was paid for, it was covered, and it was won over by Jesus on the cross. And as a result, we are not without hope. Amen. Amen. Jesus was pressed and crushed, but he also faced fierce temptation. So he was pressed, but he was also tempted. At, at the beginning and the end of Jesus' ministry, he was severely tempted. You, you remember that the, the Holy Spirit led him out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That wilderness was literally just over the hill from, from Bethany. So Jesus was tempted by the same Judean wilderness just over the hill as he was by the agonizing over the cross. 
You see in verse 35, it says, going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. His friends are sleeping at the time of his greatest need. He's been betrayed by Judas. He knows the hour is coming when he's going to be handed over. He's been pressed. He's overwhelmed with anxiety, yet he doesn't take his eye off his father's gaze. He doesn't take his eye off his father's gaze. So with each prayer, he goes deeper and deeper into the garden. With each pressing, he falls deeper and deeper into dependence on the father. Jesus was, Jesus was succeeding. Guys, Jesus was succeeding where humanity couldn't. He kept his gaze while his friends slept. There's a pastor in Missouri in America, Brian Zahn. And he says, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus resisted the primal temptations of fight or flight and chose a third way of trust. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus resisted the primal temptations of fight or flight and he chose a third way of trust. Jesus showed, it, showed us that in the Garden, that any earthly desire can be overcome by obedience and big picture perspective. Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus trusted the Father. Friday will soon be upon him. But take heart, Sunday is coming. Guys, from the first garden to the second garden. In the Garden of Eden, worship gives way to earth-shattering temptation. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, temptation gives way to world-renewing worship. I'll say it again. In the Garden of Eden, worship gives way to earth-shattering temptation. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, temptation gives way to world-renewing worship. Something incredible has happened between the first garden and the second. In Gethsemane, under infinite pressure, Jesus resisted immense temptation to disobey his Father's will. And so scaling the final summit of obedience, Jesus, the last Adam, succeeded where the first Adam failed. And guys, that is really, really good news for us. Jesus, the last Adam, succeeded where the first Adam failed. And that's really good news for us. As I close, I, I, I want us to reflect on, on three small things. We have a promise here, we have a prayer, and we have a question. I want us to, to choose one of these and to reflect on it. Maybe you, maybe you want to reflect on this, on this promise that our crushing was taken. Maybe you want to reflect on the prayer, help me, Father, not to take the easy way out. Or maybe you want to reflect on the question, is there an area of my life that I need to yield to a deeper dependence upon the Father? We're going to reflect on these, on these questions, this promise, this prayer. Jesus, thank you uh, for Gethsemane. Jesus, thank you that, uh, that you exerted so much strength under control. And that uh, that you could have you could have called down angels you you could have you could have wiped everyone out but you choose obedience and you humbled yourself. Jesus, thank you that you were pressed and you were crushed so that we wouldn't have to be. Thank you, Jesus, that that you took the the, the sin of the world upon your shoulders. You took you took our sin upon your shoulders. That you went to the cross as a, as a sheep 
goes silently to the slaughter, so you went silently to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you entered humanity to do this for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us your righteousness as a result. So, Father, we, we reflect upon, um, upon this greatest sacrifice, this greatest exchange this evening. And, and may our response be one of worship and one of adoration. And so, Father, as, as we approach Friday and Saturday and Sunday, may we reflect so deeply, but may our hearts be hearts full of gratitude for who you are and for what you've done. Because you have won our freedom, Jesus. And so we glorify you for that. In your name, amen.